0: Welcome, everybody, and those of you who are watching online. I know people are watching everywhere this morning. And um, so we are continuing on this series called Rise and Shine. I think this is week number three of this series. Um, And we are going to continue this morning talking about the resurrection. And we are going to talk specifically about what Jesus and what God's word promised would happen after Jesus ascended into heaven. And our passage is going to be kind of our jumping-off point. is going to be John chapter 20. But before we look at John chapter 20, uh, we're going to look at a couple Old Testament passages that talk uh, talks about God's presence here on earth and this promise He made to us about the Holy Spirit. And I titled the, the name of the message this morning "Game Changer," um, and because I, I thought about it and I thought about what I, you know, what I felt like God was leading us to communicate and. You know, whenever we teach in the adults, we teach all the way down, all the way to our little kids, and the kind of the passages are selected for us because we're following a whole church curriculum. And this just happens to be one of my favorite passages to teach on. And and really what the kind of the theme this morning, the big idea is that that Jesus is always with us, He's always present in our lives as a follower of Jesus Christ. He's always going to be with us. And we're going to talk about specifically this morning how Jesus is with us. And I titled the message Game Changer because, again, you know, when I get excited about something, you know, it, you know, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a movie that I saw, whether it's a book that I'm currently reading, um, or whether it's something, an insight that God's giving me into his word, something that he's sharing with me, I just, I just love to share things like that with people. Like, I just want to share it with everybody. Like, this is incredible. Like, you've got to check this out. And currently the last couple of months, in particular, I have a friend who's a physician and, you know, and we've been meeting and, and talking, just hanging out. And he's told me about a couple of different movies. Um, one was called Game Changer and the other one was called uh, Eating You Alive. And it's all about food. And, you know, you guys know I talk about it frequently. I love food and I have a struggle with food. I mean... You know, it's it's like a serious thing for me. You know, in between, I wasn't planning on this, but in between service, I had two chocolate chip Rice Krispie treats from the youth ministry room. And then I went upstairs and had six donut holes. And they just, you know, and, and I just, I wasn't planning on it. Just, they were there. So I had them, you know. And so I struggle. And this mo- these movies are just unbelievable, like, you know, the insights about food and, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, I'm just thinking about it all the time. I tell, you know, our staff, we talk about it, you know. And so, and this message this morning is it's a game changer. Like, if you can take the message home this morning and if you can apply the truth of God's word to your life today, it's going to change the way that you relate to God and, and what you expect and ask for God to do in your life. Like, if you will take this this morning and pray about it and put yourself in an environment to receive what God has for you, it's going to change everything about your walk with Jesus. It's going to change everything. So with that, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. Sometimes the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ or Christ's Spirit or God's Spirit. Though I will refer to the Holy Spirit in these different ways that we see both in the Old and the New Testament, okay? And the Holy Spirit is referred to not just in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament. And there's a couple of passages of Scripture that I thought about and that I want to kind of expose you to. Before we jump into John 20, I kind of, kind of set the table a little bit for you, create some context. In the Old Testament, we see God's presence, the Holy Spirit working on earth in a lot of different ways. But he would move, the Holy Spirit would move on particular people at particular times and for a particular task. There was a reason that God's Spirit moved on different people. And sometimes you see some examples, some scriptural examples where the Holy Spirit, God's presence, would move on somebody to do an artistic work. Or they would move, he would move on somebody for the gift of leadership at times. Or for strength. Or for power. Or at times that he would move upon someone to be a spokesperson. God would place his words upon their heart and that person would be a spokesperson for God like what we find in Isaiah. The Holy Spirit wasn't just talked about, but even in the Old Testament, the Bible talks about God's presence, the Holy Spirit. And there's there's a couple prophecies that the promises that we see, not just in the New, but in the Old Testament. Listen to a couple of these prophecies or promises about the Holy Spirit. God says in Ezekiel, there's going to come a day when I'm going to put my spirit in you. God says, I'm going to put my spirit in you. The Holy Spirit, God's presence is not just going to be with people, but actually in you. In fact, later on, this guy named Joel, God speaks through him. He prophesies again. And he says, there's going to come a time, and it would end up being several hundred years later, there's going to come a time, Joel says, God speaks to him and says, I'm not just going to put my spirit In you, but I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. It's like, whoa, wow! The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on people. Now, I thought about this because not everybody who attends our church is a follower of Jesus Christ. Because this feels a little bit more specifically about about people who are followers of Jesus Christ, God's people in that way, right? But even if you don't follow Jesus Christ, even if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is still working and moving in your life. And there's a couple of ways that, that I, as I look in Scripture I see this. I wrote, the Holy Spirit will work even before I choose to follow Christ in a couple different ways. There are times that I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin. I become aware, I'm not even a follower of Jesus Christ, but I become aware in my life that that I've been disobedient to God's best, his direction for my life. I've got sin in my life and I'm doing something that's opposed to what God says is best for me. I might not be able to find the verse, the scripture, but I feel this conviction of sin in my life. That's the Holy Spirit working. At times the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, if you' if you don't follow Jesus Christ, but you feel this draw, this compelling towards Christianity, towards following Christ, that's the Holy Spirit working in your heart, stirring within you, drawing you, wooing you to Jesus Christ. The Bible says John would talk, or Jesus would talk about John 6 and 16, that the Holy Spirit also is a non-believer, he reveals Jesus Christ to me. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I've heard, you know, I can't, I wasn't planning to share this, but I've heard lots and lots of stories, in particular, I don't know why, but in particular about people in Muslim countries, people who are not Christians, they're Islamic, and they will have lots of dreams about Jesus Christ. They're like, I really didn't have a whole lot of exposure. I knew of Jesus, but all of a sudden they'll start having dreams and, and the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to these different people happens all the time, or I shouldn't say all the time, it happens. So even the life of a non-believer, the Holy Spirit can move and work in their life. Well, what about after I choose to follow Jesus Christ? Because probably most of us in here this morning or most, a lot of people that are watching this morning, and I'm not going to give you everything, but these are just some highlights. After I choose to follow Christ, how does God's presence work in my life? Well, we're told in, in in the Gospel of John that the Holy Spirit reminds us, he guides us, and he teaches us. Like Jesus is like, oh, I'm gonna give you the advocate who will come alongside of you and he's gonna teach you about me. So there's times in my life where you're like, oh, you know, Holy Spirit, I didn't know. I need to ask you. I I, I need to be reminded of some things. I have to make some decisions. Would you guide my life? Would you teach me? Would you remind me? You know, the the Bible says in in Romans chapter eight, says that the Holy Spirit causes us to become spiritually alive. All of a sudden, we have spiritual life. We're in right relationship with God. That's what it looks like to have spiritual life, right? And that the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms me. Like, you're not transforming yourself. That's God's presence working in you. If you're transforming yourself, then good luck, right? Good luck, Chuck. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But it's the Holy Spirit. I don't know any Chucks in here. But that's the Holy Spirit, right? Actually, I do. Hey, Chuckles. So... but. (laughs) Side note, anyways, what else? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives me power and boldness to serve God. It's like, oh, Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, all of a sudden, you've seen these disciples that they have this boldness that they didn't have before the Holy Spirit comes upon them, was working and moving in their life. The Holy Spirit gives every believer, every single person in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, every single person, the Apostle Paul says, that the Holy Spirit has given you a gift. Like everybody. I mean, it's not just Gabe or Caleb or or Randy, our staff, our pastors, our leaders. It's like everybody in this room if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Herschel, I know you love Jesus. The Holy Spirit has a gift for you. Right, Mariah, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you. I mean, just going on and on and on. And that gift is to serve the body of Christ. It's not so people think, oh, Herschel, he's amazing. Although I think he's amazing, but that's not the purpose of it. It's so that he can use that gift to serve the body of Christ. So Old Testament, New Testament talks about the Holy Spirit, right? God's presence here on earth. He has these gifts. He's working the life of non-believers. The Holy Spirit is working the life of believers even, right? So a couple other things, right, is before we dive into John chapter 20. Before that, John chapter 14, Jesus is going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he's going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is with the disciples. And listen to what he says. He says, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, hey, guys, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, one who will come alongside of you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. Like, oh, I'm in a situation, God, I need to know what's true here, right? He will lead you into all truth. The world, those who don't know Christ cannot receive him because they're not, there not looking for him and they don't recognize. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not working because he is, but they don't even recognize it. But you know him because right now the Holy Spirit lives with you. He lives with you now. And later, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, later on, the Holy Spirit is not just going to be with you, but he's actually going to be in you. Oh, wow. Okay. Verse 26, Jesus continued on. He says, when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that's the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. So lots of times when I'm struggling, if I remember, it's like, oh, Holy Spirit, would you teach me these things? Would you remind me of these things? Because, you know, I don't remember this kind of stuff. And I struggle. Jesus goes on, chapter 15. I'm just giving you highlights, right? Chapter 15, Jesus says, when I go to heaven, when I leave, right? Resurrection Sunday, Sunday evening, John chapter 20, right? When he goes to heaven, he says, I will send you the spirit who comes from the Father and he shows you he shows us what is true the spirit will help you and he'll tell you about me then when that happens part of what naturally happens when the holy spirit reveals jesus to us then he will also then you will also tell others about me is what jesus says so we see this jesus is like oh guys right now the holy spirit's with you later on he's going to be in you okay Now, John chapter 20, Resurrection Sunday. Last weekend we celebrated the resurrection, right? John chapter 20 is Sunday evening, right? Sunday evening, and Jesus has already appeared about four different times. He's appeared to a couple women. He's appeared to a couple people walking on a road. He's appeared to um, Peter um, several different times. There's one other time he's, he's appeared to, I can't remember who now, but he's appeared four different times. And all of a sudden we have Sunday evening and Jesus is gonna meet with the disciples. Okay, and this is what it says in John chapter 20. It says that Sunday evening, Resurrection Sunday, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now remember, he had just said, just, just a few days prior to this, the Holy Spirit is with you guys. But later on, he's gonna be in you guys. So they were meeting and then suddenly Jesus was standing there amongst them. Peace be with you, Jesus said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, now I'm sending you. And so he breathed on them. It was, it was the picture, The same a lot of the same wordage was when God breathed and gave life to Adam and Eve. He breathed life into Adam and Eve and all of a sudden Jesus breathed on them just as God breathed life in Adam and Eve he breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit and that's at this moment I believe that this moment that the Holy Spirit began to reside not just with the disciples but in the disciples if you forgive anyone, and Jesus can go on and continue about them being a representative for him. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. As my representative, if you do not forgive them, then they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, well, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and I put my finger into them. And I placed my hand into the side of his wound, the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing amongst them. Peace be with you, Jesus said. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, Thomas. But make that choice, believe, Thomas. Thomas is like, my Lord and my God. He said, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. But blessed are those, us, right? Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these signs are written so that you and I may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed, the chosen, the promised one. He is the Son of God. And that by believing in Jesus, you will have life by the power of his name. So all of a sudden, Jesus says, John chapter 14, hey guys, the Holy Spirit's with you. But there's gonna come a point, they didn't know when the Holy Spirit is not just gonna be with you, but he's going to be, it's going, he's going, there's going to be a difference. He's going to be inside of you. And I believe it's at this moment that the disciples became what we would refer to, or what I would refer to as a New Testament Christian. It's the experience that everybody said, Romans, Paul says in Romans that everyone who's a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower, the moment you invite Jesus into your life, The theme is, big picture for the kids, is Jesus is with us every day. The moment you invite Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit actually comes and resides inside of you. He's not just with you, right? He's not just convicting you of sin and, you know, the things that we talked about that he does with the not drawing people. But now he is in us, equipping us and empowering us. He's in us. Listen to how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8. Paul's writing in Romans chapter 8. He says, Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, I just did a funeral on Thursday. Even though your body will die because of sin, and that's the effects of sin that, you know, unless Jesus returns first, we're all gonna die. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you life. Why? Because you've been made right with God. Oh, when I invite Jesus into my life, the Bible says I'm now in right relationship with God. It's as it says, just as if I've been justified, just as if I've never sinned. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the from the dead, the same Holy Spirit, now lives in you. Oh. The Holy Spirit's not just with me, but every single day, 24-7, the Holy Spirit lives in you, Paul says. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Verse 12, so my brothers and sisters, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, we must not be ruled by our sinful selves. We must not live the way our sinful selves want, right? The Holy Spirit lives in you. So there's still that sinful desire in your life but the Holy Spirit lives in you, so don't be ruled by your sinful selves. If you want to use your lives to do what your sinful selves want, you will die spiritually. But if you use the Spirit's help, oh, Holy Spirit, who lives inside of me? Paul's, Paul's talking about, oh, if I use the Spirit's help, I depend, I lean upon, I ask for his teaching, his guidance, his power, his strength. Right? It's this humility to say, Oh, I can't do it on my own, God. Holy Spirit, would you help me? Because I'm struggling here. If you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things you do with your body, you will have true life, Paul says. And then, Acts chapter 2. Um, we find that Jesus has risen to heaven, right? John 20 is done. Acts chapter 2, all of a sudden, It's 50 days later after the crucifixion, the week of the crucifixion, right? The resurrection. All of a sudden, there's going to be another change. The Holy Spirit talks about being with people. Now, as a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is in people. And remember, there was this Old Testament prophecy that the Holy Spirit wasn't just going to be with or in people, but he was going to be poured out on people. Because that still hadn't happened yet. Acts chapter 2. Um, Luke records these words for us on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. All these disciples were present. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And people are like, oh, man, these people are, there must be something wrong with these people. They're, you know, they're acting just a little bit odd or weird or something, something's going on. And Peter's like, no, 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 you guys, these people, are, they thought they must be drunk. They're like, Peter's like, no, no, these guys are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. It's just 9 a.m. No, what what you see was predicted long ago by Joel, this prophet that you guys know about. When Joel said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And then verse 33, Peter's kind of finishing this as he's speaking. He says, the Father, as he had promised, gave the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. So a couple weeks ago, maybe it was uh, Easter Sunday, I talked about three gardens. I talked about the Garden of Eden, and I talked about... the Garden of Gethsemane, when you know, right before Jesus went to the cross. And then I talked about in Revelation 22 about a new heaven and a new earth and how the tree of life is going to be in the, on the new earth, right? And these, I talked about these three gardens. Well, today, I want you guys to think about the Holy Spirit in three different ways. The word with, the word in, and the word um, above or poured over, okay? Now, each one of those, actually, Jesse, if you can go back, there's a, a slide that says preposition. I had to write this down because I, I'm just, I struggle with English too. And so, right, what is a preposition? Those words in and with and over or out are all prepositions, right? A preposition is simply a word governing or usually preceding a noun, a person, place, or thing, right, or pronoun, and it expresses a relationship to another word. So the word in or with or over are prepositions, and they relate to, right, they express the relationship to, The Holy Spirit. Another another kind of definition for a preposition says a preposition is a word used before a noun to show direction, time, place, location, or relationship. Right, or relationship. And so, on your notes, I just gave you three fill-ins. Right. Those three fill-ins are are this. Right. Just think about three guards. I want you to think about three words: with, and in, and out, over, or upon. And the, the Greek words for with is, you know, sometimes we think it says para, and you can say that, especially if you're from down south, but it's actually with a, on the R, it's para. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to be para. Jesus said it. He's, he's with you guys right now. But then all of a sudden, John chapter 20, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is in, and actually the Greek word is en, and it's literally pronounced in, Right? And now there's this connotative, there's this, there's this difference in the way the Holy Spirit is operating. The Holy Spirit is in our lives. He seals us and he marks us. And then Jesus is like, hey, I'm not done with you guys yet. But I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out over or upon you guys. Right? Paul, and this is not going to be on the screen, so that's okay, Jesse. Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, hey, do not get drunk on wine, but continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, it's, it's, it's being the Holy Spirit where he's poured out upon us or over us, you know, um, or out of us even. John chapter 7. And Jesus is going to kind of talk about this, actually. John chapter 7, he's going to talk about rivers of living water. Uh, I think it's, no, keep going, Jesse, one more slide if you have it there. Um, no, John chapter 7, um, there it is, John 7. Jesus says this, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For The scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. That's a picture of God's presence, of the Holy Spirit being poured out in and through your lives. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit, this is earlier, right? The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into glory. And to kind of illustrate this, I think about these this this cup here, right? And this pitcher of water is, right now, is currently with this cup. It's, it's para. It's with the cup, right? And that was before we know we knew Christ. And even in the Old Testament, that was kind of the relationship the Holy Spirit had with people. It says that he, Jesus said, hey, the Holy Spirit's with you guys. But there's going to come a time and a moment when the Holy Spirit is not just going to be with you guys, but Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to be in you guys. And for a lot of us, that's where we stop, that the Holy Spirit is in us. And we're Christ followers and we love Jesus and the Holy Spirit is actually in us. And that's great. That's amazing. But Jesus, I still have more for you. I still have more for you. I've got this strength and this power where I don't want to just be in you, but I want for the Holy Spirit to be poured out of you. I want the Holy Spirit to be poured out of you. There you go. It's an amen, right? That's an amen. So that's where the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out over our lives. And a lot of us, we're satisfied with just the Holy Spirit being in us, and that's great. But again, Paul says, hey, don't be drunk on wine. Because you know what? A lot of times, I can't do this, but a lot of times, you know, Christians leak, right? And that water, and that's why Paul says, you know, continually be filled. It's not just this. It's not meant to be this one time you know, but it's meant to be this continual filling where the water, the Holy Spirit continues to pour out of your life. Now, I don't know, you gotta find your own time. For some of us, you know, we get alone with God and our best time is when you're alone with God or maybe when you're at the park with God or maybe, you know, where you are just worshiping God and you're calling upon him and you're saying, hey God, I want that river of living water because that's a game changer being poured out of my life and spilling over into everybody else around me. So that's kind of what the Lord is teaching us this morning. Where are you at in your walk with Jesus this morning? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life?